Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of the 23 Personal Podcast. I'm your host, Spencer, joined by Michael. Hello. We definitely need to get to the beginning of that song. Yeah, I just kind of wanted, I wanted Mr. Petty to come in there. It's time to move on, guys. We've got we've to get past last Monday. And just keep keep on rolling. Keep this trainer rolling down the tracks. It's hard to believe it's only been a week. It feels a lot longer than that. Just barely it does. Seasoned. We're seasoned uh, at this. Seasoned at being heartbroken. Correct. I don't even know. We got a big we got a big show this week. We have a big show. That's right. Got a big show. Very big show. A lot of it's because of Because bec- of you. Yep. You you right the there listening. Yes, sir. We sent out a call for questions, and you sent us the questions. You sent us all the questions. I, I, I retweeted by my personal account and said, we need all the questions. We got them. I think we did. I, I don't think so, there was a missing question in the bunch. No, probably not. So prepare yourselves. This week may be a two-parter. Could be. We may have a mailbag section like we did, oh, like this time again last year. Yeah. We released two episodes a week. So we will get into some questions all your questions. We will answer every single one you sent in, even ones you sent in a couple weeks ago that we missed. Yes. We'll get to those. Thanks, Harrison Hill, for bringing those to our attention. Um, we're going to talk a, a little bit about basketball, about where we're going from here. We're going to talk about a spring game, spring football game that happened in Frisco. We're going to talk about baseball and how... We had a quote Maddox. Yeah, I never heard of that term. Of course, Me neither. I'm the I'm the baseball novice of the group. And then we are going to get to your questions. Um, so first, though, let's get back to our roots. Let's talk about some food. Okay. I went back to Hub City Wings. This is my second time ever going. Back, 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 back. back. Um, the first time I got their like original hot wings, they're pretty good. They're pretty yeah. good. And the fried pickles, and I was sorely disappointed that they were kosher spear fried pickles. No, that should be that should be in the disclaimer. That's what I said. And yeah. This time I got the cheese sticks and I got their extreme hot hot sauce. So first, um, if you will go on a little jog down memory lane, Michael and I went to Chili Dog Cafe after the TCU win. That sounds about right. Like the day after we, went, we met up for lunch. And it's actually right before they ended up closing. Um, my friend was the, the chef there, the cook, and he turned us on to these bacon-wrapped fried cheese sticks. They were so good. 
He's, so, so good. He was a maestro. It was. He was a maestro with the the fry basket. <laughs> yes. With many were, things, really. I mean, everything I, everything we ate there was great. The chili was great. The dogs were good. Oh, yeah. Dogs were good. Um, and then maybe, what, like a week later, we heard they were closing. I went back and got another order of those cheese sticks before they were gone forever. Um, but I'm here to tell you, guys, that minus the bacon... I may have found the next best fried cheese in Lubbock. And it's at Hub City Wings. Hold the phone. They were so darn good. The wing the wing place with the fried cheese. Yeah. Okay. So they were really good. They had that um non traditional, like not that crummy as in crumb e batter that you see in a lot of like frozen cheese sticks from the store or from other oh, restaurants and like, yeah, like, like breadcrumbs. The Sonic Sonic yeah, this is mozzarella like a, sticks. This is like an actual, it was breaded yes. cheese. Then it was fried. And it also had some like seasoning on it, like some, some Parmesan maybe, I think. Oh, it, was, it was so good. That's enticing. Um, I also may have found the hottest wings in the city. <laughs> Those extreme hot wings were dangerous. Now, the fact that you ordered them has already kind of tipped me off to... The fact that you probably enjoy that, you do you every now and then go to you get the blazing or whatever it is at Buffalo or, so any place I get wings, I always get their hottest. I always try it out. Man, that's not me. Never so, never been wired that way. Buffalo Wild Wings, Wingstop, Hub City Wings. I've had all three of their hottest. Um, the the fast food wings like Wing Street that that's trash. Like, <laughs> I mean, they're okay. It's more vinegar than which is good on on a buffalo wing. Yeah, a good amount of vinegar, but it's a nice pop. No, man, these were. Um, I described it as melting my face off, and loving it. That's that's where I that's where I would differ there. So it's not the traditional like when you think of a hot wing like um like a traditional buffalo wing. It's not that red orange sauce. This was like a dark red brown. That's scary. So like the like the atomic at at Wingstop. It's like that. It's not as thick as the atomic, but it's still it's still like a chunky sauce. Um, oh my gosh, it was good. Um, it's terrifying. What I should have done though is so, so I got a I got an order of sixteen wings. I should have split that and got half extreme and half like lemon pepper. Oh, whatever. you got all extreme. I did. <laughs> um, I ate twelve the first night. Oh my gosh. <laughs> And I regretted it yeah, the next day. I'd imagine. And that night. Almost yeah. immediately. <laughs> yeah, almost immediately. <laughs> almost immediately. Um, I finished off the next four, like the next lunch, next day for lunch, leftovers. It like reignited the fire. What is the protocol when you eat wings like that as, as far as your face and your hands? And do you, do you just go like... That night when you got them, did you just eat eight in a row and not wash your hands or face and just go for it? Or do you? I will kind of keep my hands clean just by yeah. licking them. But I'm not, I'm, not like, I'm not wiping my face, not wiping my hands after every wing. Oh, no, of course not. But just um, just the heat transfer. I, I would just be worried about that getting from. So the worst part was. Uh, a the, place that's not supposed to be. Second worst part. Was okay. Taking my contacts out that night. Oh, my gosh. Exactly. That, that type was, of thing. Yep. And putting them in the morning because the capsaicin does mm-hmm. not wash off. No. It it, it has to like absorbs wear, it has to wear off, basically. It's kind of like grease. 
So it didn't burn taking my contacts out the second day, but it burned taking them out the first night and then putting them back in the, the next morning. Both painful experiences. Anyways, Hub City Wings, they've got like a, I don't know, a solid 12 or 16 wing flavors. They've got several on the buffalo scale. And they've got others that may interest you if you like non-spicy or non, like other flavors on wings. So good. I know that I know that Hub City Wings is one of our one of y'all's favorite. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Hiring? With Indeed, your search is over. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's becoming my favorite. It's my second time I've gone. And I, I hate to... I hate to say experience? it. I've, the only experience I had was 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 bad. Oh. We ordered wings via their website, which is like Eat Street. It's not really their website. Uh, it's like one of those online restaurant vendor places. Oh, is that what it was? We either order them. I can't remember if we did that or if we called them in. Either either way, I show up, and it was obvious that they hadn't got your order. They hadn't done it at all and so I, I sat in the drive-thru and waited till they got it done which was you know 15 well, you 20 minutes go in. i got a tv in there i got some booths to sit down booths it was cold so you're this inside was, this was in december yeah i was inside my truck so why would i want to get outside of my truck walk in sit especially when i just thought oh well, i'll just pull up and they'll have this order ready that we ordered 30 minutes ago no so both times i've ordered i had to wait probably 10 or 15 minutes. Like they were oh, like, yeah. like drop the wings and then we'll toss them, whatever, like when, when you get there, well, is, it's good if you want hot, like food. Yeah. It wasn't, it wasn't don't so expect much to roll up and have your food like handed to you. No, and that was fine. It really wasn't the weight so much. It was the, they were just, it just was like a styrofoam container full of grease. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. And like that red and white check paper. Yeah, it's a little, it's a little rough. It's a, it's a little. It's a lot of grease. It's a little uh, mom and pop stop, man. <laughs> no, I know that. I know that. We're still going. I need to give him another shot. That's all. We should go for lunch. All of us should go for lunch. Okay, that's a, a pretty. Bit. Yeah, that's pretty close to my office. Pretty close Everybody to yours. Everybody except for Kyle. Yeah, or not Kyle. Uh, well, Keith. Keith. Yeah, nothing's close to Keith except Debbie Mays. Yeah, unless we went to the one on on, on Frankfurt. That's true. That's locations. the new one, and that's not too bad for me to get over there now. Yeah. With um, with the overpasses, overpasses. on Brownfield Highway on the, beard. on the Beard Highway. No, that's on the Spur. Sorry, 
<laughs> the spur. No, we're not. T- the, the beard, beard spur. The beard highway is not quite a. Come on. That, yeah, we're not there yet. That works though, right? The beard spur. The beard spur. Spur, beard 327. Spur four to one. <laughs> the four to one spur. All right. Let's talk about some basketball. Do um, it. So I'm not going to read it. But Harrison Hill, uh, f- a follower of ours on the Twitter, I think his handle, his Twitter handle is at Harrison Hill Law. He's a um, Harry TTU Law. Harry TTU Law. He is a Texas Tech graduate, jurist, doctorate, lawyer type. <laughs> no, he's a lawyer. Um, he penned this fan letter and then posted on on the Twitter, and I read it. I. One, it was it's really well written. It's like three or four screenshots of like a Apple Notes document. Um, if you haven't seen it yet, I would encourage you to go read it. It was something I identified with as a Texas Tech fan, having just gone through this season. Um, and had I thought this out, I would have pulled some up so you can I could read some of it to you. But um, like I said, it. If you haven't seen it, I would encourage you to go read it real quick. Um, and check it out. Sorry. Have you seen it yet? Yeah, I've seen I've seen it. I just didn't know if there was a specific area you wanted to cover or mention. Also, it looks like he did a fireside chat, but like he himself did a fireside chat, which is kind of it's glorious. Um, this man is a, a big time fan. Sorry. I'm still trying to find it. I'm almost there. This is, this is riveting. Sorry. I was now I was distracted by (laughs) Michael's dryer that just went off. Um, it makes, it makes a really cool noise. So we're going to talk about the 2019, 2020 roster. Um, cause you've got the four seniors departing, Norris Odiase, Brandon Francis, Matt Mooney, Tariq Owens. Um, you have a walk on leave and Parker Hicks, I, I believe. Oh uh, yeah, I think so. Yes. And then we, we heard today that Jarrett Culver has an announcement to make on Thursday. Would assume he's announcing for the draft. Um, there were some people that were saying the longer this goes on, the more possible, the bigger possibility is that he would stay. Um, from today, we're recording on the 16th, he has a week to declare um, if he's intending to do the end of the NBA draft process. Mm-hmm. And then he's got to like the end of May to decide if he wants to enter the draft or leave the agent that he signed with over the past six weeks and then come back to school. Yeah. So he has to make a decision, an announcement in the by the twenty third of April, I believe is the date. And then he's got five or six weeks to go through the the full evaluation process uh, before the draft to make his final final decision to come back. Testing the waters, so to speak. I, I remember Zach Smith did that the first year, and he came back. Yeah, and he and he came back, and that was kind of what everyone thought would happen. So that. Uh, you know, some of us were still a little nervous, but that was still the the general consensus was that he was just kind of going to check things out, maybe see how things worked. That way, he'd yep. be more prepared the following year. This, if uh, 
you know, if, if Culver decides to go, I think that's a done deal. If he's truly projected to go as high as we've heard, which I think we've heard top 10. Yeah. It, unless like money was just not a motivating factor for him and his family, it wouldn't make any sense for him to come back. Right. Well, and I mean, it, not to him personally. Like it would make sense for Texas Tech and for us fans to to get in, you know, to get on board with and and just the legend of Jarrett Culver, the man, coming back after turning down the NBA after the season. But um, we'll see on Thursday. I I would say all signs would point to him declaring for the NBA draft. Uh, when they had that welcome home party at the Spirit Arena, Spirit Arena last Tuesday. And, and Beard said, hey, uh, Culver has a, a decision to make and we're all going to stand behind him when, when he makes it. Mm-hmm. Kind of sounds like, like they've already talked about it or he had the expectation that he's going to leave, which should be the expectation Yeah, um, with, with how he performed. I, I think there was one mock draft I saw today that was he was either sixth or seventh right behind Deon- DeAndre Hunter from Virginia who dropped like 30 points to beat you last week, beat us. Um. But if and when he does announce, that opens up a roster spot, and that's what I wanted to talk about this most, really. The, the majority of my basketball talk tonight was going to be about the roster coming up next season because Chris Beard seems to be able to do this regularly, but he's got to reform, completely reshape this roster. Yeah, he's got some work to do. Um, your possibly losing five starters or four starters and a, and your sixth man. Right. And then who knows for sure about Moretti? Yeah. So that's kind of a, he, he had something, he kind of had like a farewell tweet uh, a few days ago. Oh, I must've missed that. That's not good. I'll, I'll see if I can pull that up while you're, while you're Which talking. would make sense. Cause we've also started to see a lot of guards be targeted. Um, it, it wasn't, it wasn't explicitly a farewell t- tweet, but it, if you read between the lines, and this is what we do, this is what all sports fans do, we read reading be- way too into it. Oh, way too much. Uh, it, it'll take me a little bit to pull pull it up. No, but. it's fine. So your your four outgoing seniors, uh, Odiase, Owens, Mooney, Francis, plus probably Jarrett Culver. So that's five roster spots you have to fill which I think, I think you've got five on the recruiting class. But you've also got guys like Moretti that may be deciding to, to go back professionally. I would assume he would go back to Italy. I don't think he's a NBA prospect, but he could go back and play professionally back home. Um, also, Kayvon Moore has maybe not been with the team for a couple of months now. Um, his Twitter is kind of... Um, Strange if you're looking at because he's he's still cheering for tech and he's still posting about tech, but guys like um, Kevin McCullough and Andre Savrasov, who are not eligible this season, were still traveling with the team during the tournament, mm. whereas Kayvon Moore was not. Oh, okay. So that would kind of point towards he may not be back, so that, that's another roster spot you'd have to fill. Um, and then I've heard rumors rumblings I don't know how much stock to give this but either one or both of these guys may also be 
kind of told that they would have, they would find more success in another program and Malik Ondigo and Josh Mbala. Wow. I hadn't heard that at all. Well, it, it may not be true at all, but there are only big guys left except well, for Savrasov who's coming in, but yeah. So your, your incoming class, uh, would include Jamias Ramsey at guard. He's a 6'4", 190-pound guy. Um, would have all five years of eligibility left. Kevin McCuller, who's technically a part of this recruiting class, maybe reclassified the previous year, already on campus redshirting, so he'll, he'll be available and eligible this season. So your guard position possibly includes Davide Moretti, but then you've got Kyler Edwards, who really stepped up there towards the end of the season. Kevin McCuller coming off a red shirt and Jamias Ramsey, who is that as close as you can get to a five-star guy without actually having five stars next to your name. Um, Deshaun Corporu kind of plays a mix, not right. like, like a three. Right. But he's, he's still he's, guard size. Yeah. He's, he'll, he seems like he would sometimes rotate into the four. Like if, uh, just because how how like if Owens was in and Odiase wasn't, yeah, very di- versatile defensively. Right. Um, your forwards, if Kayvon Moore is here, you've got him at six seven two ten. Josh Embala, I didn't realize they were just about the same size. I thought Embala would be so much bigger. Embala six seven two fifteen. Um, and then incoming uh, junior college guy Khalid Thomas six nine two ten. He's a guy that's up in Idaho that's been really good offensively. Um, Andre Savrasov, the guy you got, we just mysteriously heard about was on campus, was already part of the team back in January, 6'9", 215. Um, he's got four years of, of eligibility left. Khalid Thomas would have three. Um, and then you landed a four-star recruit, Terrence Shannon, 6'7", 215. So he would be incoming. So those are your forwards, your your fours, your threes and fours coming in. Um, then your big men down low, Malik Ondigo, 6'10", 215, only has two years of eligibility left. So that, that may be like a weird spot for him to, like he may be a grad transfer. I don't know if he's graduating class-wise or if he would have to sit out and just play one year. And then you've got incoming freshman, Russell Chewa, seven foot 255. I, somehow I didn't know about this guy. I didn't know. He's been. He's I been, missed that we had a seven footer coming in. I'm, I'm sure it's been out there for a long time. But. So he's coming from the same school that Josh Mbala came from. Okay, okay, that part I remember. I just don't remember yeah. him being a seven footer. So, if Kayvon Moore, Josh Mbala, and Malik Ondigo all stay, like none of them leave. Um. Plus all the guys in your recruiting class, you still have one position to fill. So that's 12 scholarship players um, go down to nine if Moore, Mbala, and Ondigo all leave or anywhere between nine and 12. And you have a scholarship limit of 13. So you've got anywhere between one and four spots to fill between now and the beginning of next season, which is a lot more fluid than we would have thought maybe a couple of weeks ago. Well, let me, let me get back to Moretti really quickly. Yes. Just because I, I have that tweet and I wanted to get your take on it. So I, let me just read the whole thing. He posted this on the 10th of April. So oh, I will always. Wednesday. Yeah. 
I'll always be grateful and thankful for the family that I had a chance to share this beautiful journey with. My brothers had my back every single time, and some of them every day. It means the world to me because I sacrificed everything, and y'all are everything that I have here. So there's some past tense in there. There's some present tense in there. I'm going to say everything I have. Yeah. I think that's the biggest part. I mean, that's always great, but he started out with, I will always be grateful and thankful for the family that I had a chance to share this beautiful journey with. And I wonder if he means this season. Maybe he means the seniors. And the guys that are leaving the program. I'm hoping after so. After this season. Yeah. So I, like I said, it's it's not out of the realm of possibility that he does leave and go play professionally or sure. he doesn't want to come back and do this. Yeah. I mean, there, um, there's other there's other avenues where he can play ball and still be successful and mm-hmm. make money. Yeah. Not have his family have to come all the way from right. Bologna. Have his family a lot closer than across the Atlantic. Yep. Um, so let's talk about what we've heard or what we've seen as possible targets for you to add to your team going into this summer. Um, I think the biggest guy in terms, not like physical size, but uh, maybe biggest impacts or most likely to happen would be a grad transfer from SFA and TJ Holyfield. He would be a Norenzo Diase type, that 6'8", 230, so a bigger guy that mm-hmm. would play a little bit lower. But uh, this may be a a factor of how he was used at, at Stephen F. Austin, but he averaged almost 13 points a game. This was not last season, this past season, most current season, because he was, yeah, was out injured. Shot 55% from the floor, 41% from three. Averaged just over six rebounds a game. And on this season had 45 blocks and 40 steals. So dude filled up the stat line. He was active all over the court. Um, you've got some, a, like another grad transfer out of uh, UNLV, Shaker Ju- Justin, Justin, 6'7", 220. Um, he averaged 14.6 points per game, 10 rebounds. Again, this is... Same type of thing with Holyfield from 2017 season. Missed last year with a um, a knee injury. Was formerly number one JUCO recruit and is a was a four star prospect. This would be a bring him in for one year, but as a former four star with experience at junior college and UNLV UNLV. Um, you would think he'd be able to come in and, and, and contribute pretty highly at a high level pretty yeah. soon. Yeah. Um, another guy that, that keeps coming up that I saw, this is, this is a guard, uh, Christian Keeling out of Charleston Southern. Uh, he's more wanted for his offensive, uh, obviously as a shooting guard, um, scoring nearly 19 points a game and seven rebounds. Sheesh. Um, that's a lot of rebounds for a for a guard. Yeah, that's like that's like Russell Westbrook kind of rebounds. Then you got this other guy from a a junior college, Sean McNeil, very close to Sam McNeil. I was a little disappointed there. <laughs> Sorry, six four one ninety, but he averaged almost thirty points a game. That's insane. So that's almost like gray territory. I 
I forget his name, the little guard we had with uh, not Tubby Smith, but, but with um, what was his name? The coach before Smith. Walker. Yes, Chris Walker. And we, we had him for like we only had him for one year as a true freshman. It wasn't Justin Gray, but that's the only name I can think of. He was a little guard, and then he transferred from us to a junior college, I think Midland, and he averaged like 35 points a game. Oh, my gosh. And then as a junior, went to LSU, and we played him once when he was a student at LSU. Under beard, but I can't remember his name. Anyways, that, that's, that's a, what kind of reminds me of with that kind of stat line. Shoots 42% from three. Um, recently listed as a top six, and that included Texas Tech, Dayton, Ole Miss, Oregon, Western Kentucky, and West Virginia. You think you've got a pretty good shot going up against those guys. Yeah. If you've got spot for a junior guard. I mean, you're only... I would think your main competition there would be Oregon because they had a good run this year, or West Virginia just because Huggins is, mm-hmm. you know, he's a he's a guy that a lot of a lot of uh, players want to play for. Yep, and then there and two- they've got a lot of spots open. <laughs> <laughs> they've got a lot of roster to fill, and so does o- Oklahoma State. But I think they are pretty well filling up um, because. Their coach there, I'm blank on his name, like I always do. He's a really good recruiter. I think they're they have one of the top classes in the Big Twelve just because of the volume of four star guys they're bringing in. So Oklahoma State's going to be back sooner than rather than later because of how they're filling their roster now. I know all I can think of is Lon Kruger, and I, that's the that's wrong Oklahoma. I know, yeah. I know that's wrong. That's the only Chris, name I could think of. Chris, I don't think it's Chris. I think it's just our guy. Um, then you got two other grad transfers, one in Ray John Tucker from Little Rock. So you've got some Chris Beard connection there. Six five two ten wing guy, averages just over 20 points a game, nearly seven rebounds. Um, and then Kerry Blackshear. I don't, I don't <laughs> know if this is like a new like addition to the transfer portal. He is. I I just I just added it. Well, no, I, to our I, list. I saw we talked we talked about him a little bit in the Slack chat this afternoon. So he's a grad transfer coming from from Virginia Tech, six ten, but he he scored fifteen points a game and seven rebounds. So a big guy that scored a lot of points at yeah. Virginia Tech. There is there is no smoke or anything to this fire. We are. We're, just, we're starting the rumor right now that it's just a big guy on, on the transfer market that we have to have. Yeah, Kerry Blackshear. If you know, especially if we're losing Imbala or Andingo or Andigo. Gosh, I always had an N in there. Okay, but like, think, think about the upgrade you get from trading like a Malik Andigo for a Kerry Blackshear or a Ray John Tucker. Right, and well, that's what I'm getting at is we've you like you've got a non-contributor and then get one of these guys like. Uh, instant upgrade. Sorry, Malik. It's it's so interesting <laughs> to be on this side of it because last year, you know, Tech went into the transfer market, obviously picked up some great guys. Uh, Beard and his staff really know how to evaluate talent and how to evaluate not just talent but personalities, guys that they can tell will fit mm-hmm. with what they want to do. And there's there's more pressure, I would think, in recruiting a transfer, especially a grad transfer. Um, because you don't have time to to 
overcome maybe a little bit of a misevaluation. Like, okay, so he's not yeah. as good as we thought he was. We've got time to develop. He's like, no, you've got one year with him. Right. And if he doesn't work out, like, that's it. That was a failed experiment. And, and you, some you didn't have a roster spot all yeah, season. You, you had to give up. Short. You had to give up someone else for this. And I, I think that's also where grad transfers kind of have the same thought behind uh, their motivation. You know, and then picking a school, right? Yeah, they've only got this is their last shot. This is their last shot, and they've they they may be guys, and I'm not. I don't think Mooney and Owens were like this at all, but they could possibly be guys that knew they didn't work as hard as they could have, or felt like they they had more to give, but they just lost motivation or or whatever it was, and then they really want to go all out their last year and they know that they can commit to this coach and commit to this system and this program and, and just fully invest in it. I think Mooney and Owens were wired that way from the beginning. I think mm-hmm. they were fully committed to the programs they were at just because that just seems their personalities. But there's a lot of upside to the grad transfer market. And, you know, you've, you've got a player that shows up that more often than not has played quite a few minutes uh, possibly at a smaller school, but has logged a lot of time on the court. And you can't duplicate that. Mm-hmm. Even if it's at a smaller school in front of smaller crowds or w- whatever, it doesn't matter. Or these small schools, you know, they have uh, – their gym may only be able to seat, seat 4,000 people, but they may have 3,500 there every game because basketball's the the big show. So they're used to a loud, raucous gym. But mm-hmm. I, I think there's just a lot to – look into this and it's nice to be on this side of it where tech is going to be a sought out commodity and grad transfers are going to see the ride that Mooney went on and the ride that Owens went on this last year and think, man, that could be me. I could do that next year. I could possibly be playing in the national championship next year and I'm here to D2 school. And if you strike again with somebody this year, like then it's become like a, like a, a trend, right? You, mm-hmm. you, you're establishing yourself, establishing yourself as a place where grad transfers, my goodness, grad transfers can go and be successful. Yeah. So you're even more desirable as a landing spot for some of these guys. That are like, okay, I've got one year left. I'm gonna go somewhere else and try to be successful. If you hit on somebody this year, you, you may be one of those guys that like you, you catch a lot of attention. You're really going to start drawing more names in. What also is catching a lot of attention is when your coach is recruiting with a Final Four jacket with your school logo on it. <laughs> That's and not it, a bad. It's not a bad look. He he. If he eats one too many water burgers, that jacket's not going to fit anymore. Though it's, it's a little small. It's, it's a little snug. It's a snug Final Four. But you know he's probably uh, on the on the just getting into the overindulgence of the things he gave up for the season. Oh, that's right. And, you know, he's probably not working out as much if he's, if he's traveling and getting as active being in practice, but he'll get it back together. Yeah. It's, this is going to be, this is going to be like the, the Bill Snyder cotton bowl jacket of all time. Like that he wears for years after he's been in the cotton bowl. Just no matter what, he's just going to have that final four jacket on. Yep. All right, so there are a couple other players um, that beard. There's one non-grad transfer on this list that I've heard of, and then some high school guys. So we'll start with the non-grad transfer, Jordan Brown from Nevada. He's a former McDonald's All-American five-star player. Um, only averaged three points per game, two rebounds, and ten minutes. 
So there was something going on that was keeping him off the court. I don't know if it's attitude or fit or what, but he's looking to transfer. Um, he's 6'10", 210, so a little bit heavier Owens, but from a five-star background. Right. Well, and speaking of Owens, you know, those stats, those stats shouldn't scare you any because I believe that was that's pretty similar to Owens' stat line his first year at Tennessee. Yeah, so this, this is, these are freshman numbers for Brown at Nevada. Yeah. yeah. Um, so he would most likely have to sit out as a non-grad transfer. But when you can add that kind of talent, if you've got the room on the roster to be patient with a guy that has to sit out, maybe a great spot. Um, then you've got some high school guys, uh, David Skogman from uh, Wisconsin, 6'10", 210, three-star recruit, three-star recruit, had a ton of offers going into the season, but apparently he had a heart issue. He went into wow. cardiac arrest. Um, has since been medically cleared to play. I don't know what caused it or what's how he's been able to mend from that. But as a senior in high school, averaging 18 points per game and 13 rebounds. Um, so again, if you're looking for some contributors at the center position, your, your big guy down low, maybe not a, a true freshman coming out of school because you've already got a Russell Chewa coming in. You've got Malik Ondigo that may or may not be here. Those are your two guys down low. So if you don't get a a guy to kind of take on Tariq Owens from a grad transfer, um, you've got to fill with, you know, you've either got to feel really confident that Russell Chewa and Ondigo plus another high school guy coming in can help fill that spot. Um, or there's a name that we haven't talked about yet. Uh, there's another big guy from a Utah high school, Tristan and Aruna. He's four star. Um, other schools that you'd be going up against right now are Kansas, who I guess has turned into a dumpster fire. <laughs> like how quickly that, that's happened. You've had like a majority of their roster either declare a transfer or they're entering the N- NBA draft. Would you be like, okay, well, that's, that's Kansas. That, that, that they can just reload, right? I think their recruiting class is like in the 50s. Well, do you think they're testing the waters, kind of like we were talking about so, earlier, or are they legit going to? There's one that's testing the waters. It's Devin Dotson. They're, they're okay. guard. Everybody else is like declared like going, or they've declared like I'm transferring. I had I had not seen this. As soon as you said that, I perked up because that's news to me. Yeah, you've got guys like uh, D'Souza who still would be ineligible next season because of the weird recruiting ineligibility thing. Um, and then other guys, I'm blank on, like the twins are separating. I think one's transferring, one's declaring for the draft. Uh, Dotson, like I said, that guard, their five-star guard that was really good this year uh, is testing the water. So it's like the, the first step to declaring. That is a lot of turnover. And then when you look at their, like, like you said, the rec- recruiting backfill, they're, they're not anywhere near where they can sustain that kind of loss. So, I mean, maybe that's that's um, enticing to a, a guy like that maybe looking for some playing time. Like I, I can go in and be a big time player for Kansas. Yeah, almost um, immediately. But the other schools that this guy's uh, is hearing from is Miami and Creighton. Um, so you've got some some competition there. Um, Speaking of Creighton, in Omaha, did you see the the Las Vegas tournament that Tech basketball has signed up for. I did hear about that. Yeah. 
and I believe they're playing. It's the first Las Vegas Invitational or whatever they're going to call it, but uh, Beard apparently really likes these four-team tournaments, which... Shocker. Hey, that's a... He's prepping for a, another March and April yeah, run. Yeah, a lot of four-team tournaments in, in March, so that's that's pretty good philosophy to have there. Mm-hmm. And I, I never put that together. I forgot who pointed it out today on Twitter or in our Slack chat, but I thought, you know, that Michael or Kyle. It, yeah. I think I it was someone like. within the chat and I thought that makes just a ton of sense because that's exactly how he treated these tournaments. I'm sure, mm-hmm. you know, the one with, uh, we, we, Nebraska and was it Memphis and USC? Yeah. I'm, I'm sure that's exactly how he treated those tournaments and, uh, probably established some routines and established some certain things there that he probably carried over all the way to Tulsa and Anaheim and Minneapolis, Mindy, Mindianapolis, Mindianapolis. And anyway, I, I think it's, I forgot who the other teams, I think it's San Diego state possibly Creighton. And then I believe Iowa. Okay. I think those are the four teams. I'll have to trust you on those. I'm going to butcher that. That's, that's not correct at all. Um, and then there are just two other high school guys I want to talk about. Chris Harris, uh, he actually signed with with A and M, but was let go of his letter of intent because of the coaching change down there. Six three, one ninety five shooting guard. Um, he's a three or four star guy depending on where you look. Uh, basically down to Oklahoma State and Texas Tech, so you've got a pretty good shot with him. Oklahoma State is obviously looking to retool their roster when they were you know holding walk on tryouts mid season. Um, and then Clarence Nadolny, which I'm sure I'm butchering that name. Um, he's a six three one ninety combo guard out of New York, although he's originally from Paris, France. Uh, <laughs> you couldn't have said that anymore, West Texas. R.I.P. Notre Dame. Oh man, <laughs> sorry, dude. Um, now I feel like a jerk for making my joke. <laughs> um. He's basically down to West Virginia, Iowa State, and Texas Tech, and he's got visits scheduled for all three of those schools. And I think Texas Tech is last on that list. So as the school, like, one, if he makes it to your visit uncommitted, you've got the best shot at landing him if you're the last one. Um, so you always like that. He would be a uh, a high school guard to bring in, um, but... A lot of names on that list where your your roster could look a whole lot different going into the summer. Replacing guys that have eligibility left in Jarrett Culver, possibly Davide Moretti, possibly Kayvon Moore, who is your highest recruit, highest rated recruit until you got Jamias Ramsey. Yeah. Josh Mbala, maybe. That that one's more of a You heard something possibly. There was yeah, there was something and Malik Ondigo. I would say it's more likely like in terms of likelihood, I think I would rank it as Kayvon Moore, then Malik, then Davide, then Mbala in terms of likelihood of going versus staying. So I'd agree with that. That makes sense. A lot of names to keep keep tabs on. TJ Holyfield, David Skogman, Jordan Brown, Tristan Enaruna, Shaker Justin. I'm sure I'm jacking that up. That's it's fine. Chris Harris. It could it could also be a typo. Uh, Christian Keeling, Sean McNeil, Clarence Nadolny, 
Ray John Tucker and Carrie Blackshear. Yeah. Lots of guys. To sources. Hashtag sources. Sources could uh, could possibly confirm or deny the that Carrie Blackshear shows interest in Texas Tech. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. did, did I word that with enough ambiguity? I'm not sure if I Maybe. did. Uh, you want to talk about baseball or football next, Michael? <clears throat> Both. I don't have a lot to touch on. Well, let's go baseball because okay. uh, a game just ended. Game did just end. You got housed by Duke in Durham, North Carolina. When I turned the game off, it was six to three. And like, well, that was the last time I checked in on. I was I was at you, t-ball practice. Why did? Well, I wasn't following but, it. It's not my fault. Are you sure? Get home. Sitting down to dinner, recheck the score really quickly. Thirteen to four. It's like what the? <laughs> yeah, I think they scored two more in the ninth, so thirteen to six was the final. They did, and they went final while we were watching over here at uh, Twenty Three Personnel North. Yep, we're at North HQ. North HQ. Um, tried to hit a couple of those nine run home runs. It didn't didn't work. You did score there at the end, but you were also going against probably. I think they're. I think I heard they said they were. Either warming up their designated hitter to come in as the last pitcher, or that was the guy that came. I don't know. Um, you weren't going against their, like their ace. Uh, they didn't face your ace or your, your the best of your bullpen after coming off a weekend series. But you, you drop a midweek against a 2018 Super Regional team that you, you hosted. Um, yep. I don't know how many of those slow mound visits there were, but I'm sure there were. With the amount of tech fans I heard cheering on the broadcast, probably as much distaste for disdain for how slow he walked out then um, as it was last summer. Um, you made that short trip down from West Virginia where you played a three-game series this past week, and you actually got all three games in despite what looked like pretty bad weather. Yeah, I think Friday and Sunday were both delayed. Yes, I think Sunday was delayed like three hours. It was three. Yeah, it was three hours. And I know... I know from listening to Jamie Lint that um, baseball, you have like a really weird like time window that you have to get your games in. Um, it's something like seven, you have to start your last game within landing, like 72 hours of landing at that location. I didn't know about that. Or 72, 90, I don't know. There's like a, there's like a weird like time window. Like you can't start a game. That's why you see a lot of like, I'm sure that changes Sunday based on the games series. Get like moved up some, yeah, uh, because either they they landed early or they're trying to get out early. Anyways, you started late Friday. You went against um, Alec Manoa for the Mountaineers. Probably there. There, I would say that yes, not probably. <laughs> he is their ace. Probably one of the best in the Big Twelve. Reigning pitcher of the week, uh, national pitcher of the week, Nat reigning conference pitcher of the week. He went a complete game. Shut out um, through like 120 something pitches. Struck out, I think 15 of your of your batters. Walked none. Gave up at least three hits because Gabe Holt had three, and he may have been the only guy that got hit. So he, he gave it four total hits. There's a table there, Michael. Yeah, right. I found it. Four total hits. Gabe Holt had three of them. Um. None of them were able to to scratch across any runs. You fall. What was it? Two or three to zero Friday night. Two to nothing. Two nothing. Um, Saturday, you just you 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 gave the game away. Um, 
you go into the ninth tied and you have a walk-off walk. Like you load the bases basically on walks and then you like you, you trade out pitchers there at the end. You bring in Clayton Beater who gives up a five-pitch walk. Um, you, I mean, my goodness, like you, you should have had that game. You should have been competing in that game a lot more. And I don't know what it was about this weekend in, in West Virginia and, and your offensive struggles, but you scored three runs on Saturday and three runs on Sunday. So you only scored six runs. I think you only gave up six runs on the weekend. Yeah, that's also correct. So in three games, you basically average a two-two game. Um, you really like, you really wanted to have that Saturday game back. Sunday, it's a different story. Um, Tim Tadlock, Jimmy's with uh, with the lineup, with the the rotation, the batting. Sorry, the batting order and the defensive lineup. Um, you see Cody Masters get the start in left field. He hasn't played in probably a couple of weeks or haven't at least hasn't started in a while. Uh, Max Marshock had been pretty regular out there in left field. He also led off. Cole Stilwell was there at second. Uh, Gabe Holt moved down to third in the batting lineup. Uh, he, he was still out in right field. But I think one of the biggest changes that everybody had their raise their eyebrows out was that Josh Young started a game not at third base. He Was was he shortstop? Yeah, he got moved over to the shortstop. Parker made some plays, too. He did. It was like... I mean, my goodness, like he, he doesn't have the body of a shortstop, but like defensively was really good. Um, and I believe he played there again tonight. Uh, I didn't watch enough to see. I only I saw the correctly. bottom, bottom of the ninth was all I saw. Um, Parker Kelly came in at third base. He also had some plays. He made some really good defensive plays out there. Uh, yes, Josh Young tonight was at a shortstop again. Brian Kelly was at third. Parker Kelly, not Brian Kelly. He's not Notre Dame football coach. Yeah. <laughs> Parker Kelly um, was at third. Uh, you had Mason Menzi uh, catch, and then you had a um, – I mean, you even had, like, your base coaches change. Uh, J. Bob Thomas was on third instead of Tim Tadlock, um, and then Eric Gutierrez was on first instead of J. Bob Thomas. So you, you had a little bit of a, a shakeup there. Caleb Killian comes out um, and does his Alec Manoa impression, but only better. And I don't know how how the Big 12 passed over Killian as the pitcher of the week. They went with Alec Manoa, besides maybe the number of strikeouts. But Caleb Killian throws a complete game shutout. The Maddox part of this, he did it in under 100 total pitches. He did 94 total pitches mm-hmm. through like nine like the complete game so he averaged barely over 10 pitches an inning so super efficient struck out seven i'm not going off any notes nine. or something he struck out nine struck out nine he had he gave up only two base hits so he gave up two fewer than manoa they were both singles no runner got past first base the entire the, game and there were also no runners on base, period, from the fourth through the ninth inning. Yeah, he retired the last 19 batters. Like Insane. Zero hits from the, the third out in the third inning all the way to the end of the game. Nobody got in base. No. The closest it got was the, except the, the second or the last batter of the 
the, the second batter in the ninth inning or the last batter in the ninth inning, the third batter, he got to three, like a three ball count. But he was... That was the first time all day. Yeah, he only gave up one three ball count, which means obviously he didn't walk anybody. So Killian strikes out nine, so six fewer than Manoa, sure. Two fewer hits, no walks. Nobody got passed first all game. Right. And had a little help from Josh Young. Like Josh we Young mentioned and Tyler Kelly. Yeah. Oh I mean, my obviously gosh. you you can't do that this kind of game without like your defense behind you. Like cuz if you don't strike out 27, you're obviously Yeah. You got some guys behind you working. You you sure do. He faced two over the minimum, obviously. He only gave the two hits and didn't give like no walks. So he faced 29 batters for 27 outs. When was the last time Tech played one pitcher for an entire game? Uh, it's not as long as those you would think. I, I, Did, has it happened this season? Not this season. So this was the first complete game of the season. Um, I was listening to Keith's Keith give the history on this on the Dinger Derby podcast today. Um, I think Dushek was the last complete game pitcher. Other guys that have done, I, you have to go back and listen to that specifically because it's either the first game, first complete game shutout without any walks is in there somewhere and it's either like uh, AJ Ramos is part of that let list. Um, other complete games would be Cameron Smith and the, that Miami regional, that third game where you, you ended up winning that one. Dushek, I think was the last complete game thrown most recent. Mm -hmm. Um, Anyway, so he's up there with, with some good Texas tech pitcher history. And Dushek, Cameron Smith, and AJ Ramos, who's pitching professionally now for Miami, I believe. I, I think he's still with um, the Rays, not the Rays. Yeah, I thought it was as soon that's as you Tampa. said that's like that's not right. Gosh, it's the Tampa Devil Rays, isn't it? Yeah, but what's the team in, in Miami? This is dumb. This is not worth spending a lot of time on. <laughs> um. Anyway, so I I mean you you could have gone either way with with pitcher of the week with Alex. They're the Miami. Marlins. Yes, Miami Marlins. Florida Marlins. But they're in Miami. No the, one calls them the Miami Marlins. The Florida Marlins of Miami, like the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right, sorry. Um so like I said you could have gone with either Killian or Manoa for pitcher of the week. They went with Manoa, I think for the higher strikeout numbers even though Killian was more efficient and fewer hits. They are the Miami Marlins. Whatever, dude. You're just trying to sidetrack us. And then I can't remember if we talked about last week, but you had you had a midweek game. I think on the day we recorded against New Mexico State in Midland, you won that ten to five. Um, you finished up that that your series, your season series against New Mexico State, and you 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 won both games. I think I heard on the radio today that after tonight's game which is already over now, you only have three away games left the rest of the season. The rest of your schedule is going to be at home minus one weekend series. Yeah, you're right. Uh, we go to you, OU. Yeah, because you, you're, you're hosting Baylor this weekend. You've got a midweek against UTRGV, midweek against New Mexico, Oklahoma State, TCU. Those are all coming in, and then you've got OU on the road. Yeah, Uh FIU is coming in too. Mm-hmm. So yeah, a month it, left this season. You have one travel week left. 
That's pretty good. We will actually be in attendance Friday night. Good Friday. Yeah. So are some friends from work. They're going to be the the kid of the game. Probably get their kid on Facebook and Twitter like every kid of the game should be except for Grayson. Except for your kid. (sighs) Jerks. They don't. Senior night. Texas. Against Texas basketball. Senior night. The one time they announced kid of the game. It's Grayson. Whatever. He was the cutest one, too. He was. He's got his guns up and everything on the video board. Yeah. He knows what to do. Freaking awesome. He's a pro. He was. He's a pro kid. Pro kid of the kid. Uh, kid of the game, kid. High high four star. Yep. And he got a signed Chris Beard basketball four to one. That's, that's awesome. Oh, that is pretty awesome. That that may be worth something here pretty soon. You need to put that in a glass case. Yeah, right now. I don't even know where it is. It's in the house. Oh, somewhere. what? It's in the house somewhere. It may be in his room, which is a bad yeah. a bad deal. No, just just um, get it in a glass case. No, I'm, I'm excited. We haven't been to a, a baseball game this season. Uh, My wife and I haven't been to a baseball game together ever. So that'll be just oh, kind of fun. You. So if, if y'all see me, I'll be in the uh, general admission section wearing a very large cowboy hat because the sun's going to be should, setting. You should try to move down and sit with Keith. Or I'll see what near, I can do near Keith. At least you need to be hear his group. I'm just not sure how, you know, I don't want to inside our fans too much, but one, a lot of tech students are probably traveling. They're probably going home. Um, it is a holiday weekend. Holiday weekend, and and two, the baseball team has not played the best. Been a little in, underperforming in recent weeks, mm-hmm. so that does reflect directly on attendance a lot in tech sports. And I think that's not just unique to Texas Tech. So I'm not sure what we're going to expect. I mean, it is Friday night, six thirty. Should be perfect baseball weather. I don't know if it's a conference opponent. Yeah. A good one. A good one too. And it'll be game two of, of of a series. So I'm not, and it'll be televised on FS one. So I'm not sure if it's going to be crowded or, or not, or I have no idea what to expect. I haven't been to uh, a game like this in years. So very cool. I'm excited. Congrats. I'm excited about it though. Um, I, I think I was looking at the schedule. I don't with, with me traveling, um, this weekend and then early next week, um, I don't think I'll be able to make it to another game for like almost a month. Like it'll be like one of the last series of the of the year before I, I get back out there, which is really sad. I was Maybe you like, can make it to that to the TCU series or something. Well, yeah, I, I hope so. Um, but that's a Thursday, Friday, Saturday series, so you don't. Leave. They're all at at night, though. They're all at six thirty. Oh, because the other thing is, is right now during the week, I have, I've got baseball. Like I've got oh, T-ball, yeah. so I, I, I can't leave T-ball to go watch Texas Tech. Yeah. <laughs> Which is why the, the like the midweek Just stuff. cut out. You just you just bring Grace in there and then, where'd Spencer go? Nah, I don't know. Where'd Coach Spencer go? No, he's gone. You got you got to ride, don't you? Don't you, boy? You got to ride, boy. <laughs> we got to go. <laughs> yeah, so you, you're hosting Baylor this weekend, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Oh, Thursday night is eighty muse eighties music night. I know. I, w- I I looked in there and I, I got excited that it might be on Friday night, and I saw I misread it. Saturday um, post game Easter egg hunt. Oh, that's fun. Get on that with the kids. Saturday is at two, so you mid afternoon, early evening end to that game. Next week, Tuesday Wednesday series home against New Mexico. Uh, it'll be on Fox Sports Southwest Plus, and then Texas Tech TV. And that following weekend, and here's so here's Oklahoma State. I would love to go to this series. Friday, I'll still be in Phoenix. Saturday, I'll be traveling back, so I may or may not be able to get to that game. 
I'll have a t-ball game that afternoon and it'll be my first day my first day back with my family i don't think they'll want me to run off and go yeah play. yeah you gotta I, you I, have I'm, to have a buffer day when you get when I, you've been traveling i may be able to convince samantha to go with like to take me and her and grayson to go to the game that yeah may also be like a lot of baseball that day the, the friday night game is 90s music night these are my people mm-hmm. and then sunday so we don't we don't do sunday games because it's it's our our family day mm-hmm. church and family day we had a, a t-ball makeup game this past weekend on sunday we didn't we skipped that because good you guys stick with that and we're sticking to the, the schedulers for having us play on sunday um well really i don't mean to be that guy but how important is it to reschedule a t-ball game and why, why do you have to put on a Sunday? Is it okay? I mean, we, Texas Tech University has canceled, what, three baseball games this year? Mm-hmm. Didn't reschedule them, made no attempt. It was just, ah, we're not going to play that one. And then they went on about their day. I, I, don't, know, I don't know why a T-ball team and organization cannot follow that same protocol. Oh, okay, well, you know, one less game. Yeah, They'll be I, fine. So the next game I can either go to would be Saturday the 27th, um, versus Oklahoma State, or Wednesday afternoon at UT, or sorry, home, you're hosting UTRGV. It's a 2 o'clock game. So that's May 1st. On a Wednesday. Yeah. I cut a little early. Yeah. A little early. <laughs> <laughs> Basically half a day. Yeah, just, you know, just take a late lunch and not come back. Mm-hmm. And then uh, that weekend, the first weekend of May, 3rd, 4th, 5th, we still have games, but that's a um, that's a road trip, road series at Oklahoma. Following week, you've got a double header on the seventh. You've got a two p.m. and a six thirty games against FIU, and then the you're off for finals. And the following Thursday, Friday, Saturday, is a home series with TCU. Coach Tadlock jersey giveaway Thursday. I've never seen it called a jersey, but that makes Me so much either. sense. Friday night, and then Saturday is your senior night. So, not a lot of games left on the schedule for me to get out to. I'm going to try to get to as many as I can, but traveling to Phoenix and T-ball games are going to limit my availability. So, hopefully, UTRGV, maybe Oklahoma State. Definitely going to try to go out to maybe one of the FIU games and then um, TCU. All right, let's uh, let's quickly talk about some some Texas Tech football. There was a spring game this weekend. There was. Um, didn't watch much of it. I was putting together some furniture. So, oh, what 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 kind of priority is that? I yeah, I don't. Yeah, I had somehow forgotten that um, guys by the name of T.J. Vasher and Seth Collins were still on the roster. So when I was like, if our number one receiver is Caden Leggett, we're in we're in deep ish. <laughs> well. And I was like, yeah. and, and then and then I can't remember who reminded me of that on Slack. I was like, oh yeah, okay. I think so, it was me and Royals too. Royals yeah, wasn't so there either. Miley Royals didn't play. T.J. Vasher and Seth Collins. So a good part of your wide receiver rotation. Uh, Caden Leggett was, eh, he's okay. Well, he had that one big. Gosh, was it him? The one no, it was Rigdon. Yeah, he he had a seventy-yard reception. Yeah, over the middle. There was a big one that got called back for offensive lineman downfield or something. I think that went to Rigdon. That was that was Duffy to Schilling. Schilling. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of Schilling in this game too. Um, it's dumbest dumbest penalty in football. 
one of them yeah. is linemen downfield and i we can't even avoid it in our own damn scrimmages nope <laughs> the refs that we hire to officiate ourselves still insist on calling it against us i, I hate it it's a stupid penalty so what 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 is the problem with having like a six a six nine three hundred pounder what eleven yards downfield is that just gonna disrupt the nations are we just gonna have to cancel football well it's a um it puts a defense at the disadvantage having to try to defend what maybe look like a run with an offensive lineman moving downfield only to then have the ball thrown. That was a very disruptive sneeze. I'm sorry. Well, they got to they got to figure that out. <laughs> That's what the penalty's for to keep that from happening. So I don't like it. Um, the other big names, man, I like completely changed my voice. Yeah, I know what's going on over <laughs> there. It's like it's like you ate some some blazing wings or something. Could could be the cat. It's my one sneeze. I don't I have no idea. Okay. You just needed one sneeze and you're good to go. And I was like, whoa. Uh, Eric Azukanma, EZ, had a pretty good showing. Like he, he had a couple of really fantastic catches. One-handed, um, showed some really good body control, like moving around defenders. Um, your running game, you had hoped to see more out of that. Um, it looked like the... Defensive line and linebackers were pretty disruptive, so you weren't able to get off blocks and open up holes for your running backs. Uh, it, you're going to need to add, whether it's it's uh, incoming freshmen or, or grad transfers this summer to your running back room because the, the rotation of Tejon Henry and Sir Roderick Thompson backed up by Jax Welch is yeah. not, not going to cut it. No, you're going to have to have some more guys coming in. Mm. Well, so you, you do have uh, Alanis, Adante Brown. What I, I'm breaking on his name. The guy, the... It's Adonis, isn't it? No, because he's already on campus. Oh, my bad. Uh, and he, he's a defensive back. This guy was the, the four-star guy out of Chicago that we landed real late. Anyway, so he's coming down. He's he's the one that was a athlete slash defensive back that I think will get a shot at running back. Um, so there's that, um, defensively, I have to go back and look at the, at who started and where their positions were, um, very clear that your first team defense versus your a little bit undermanned first team offense, like had the upper hand, your defense was, was ahead of your offense, which was. Good to see. I, I enjoyed seeing that. I'll have to go back because I was always talking about doing like the follow-up to that one article I wrote on the defense this spring. Now that we've got some tape on which guys play in those hybrid positions, I did see Xavier Benson out there on that hybrid defensive end linebacker position, and I think we saw pretty much that Justice Parker is going to be that nickel hybrid linebacker safety guy. Um Seth seemed pretty disappointed in, in Justice Parker. There was a play, like one of the big plays for to Eric Azukanma, where he was calling out the effort of of Parker. Um, I'd have to go back and watch it again. It looked like he was coming over to help and just was very 
uh, Baker Mayfield, like, you go get them. <laughs> yeah, that was that the... Pick six versus Kansas State. Yeah. Um. So, no, there was, there was a lot of things left to be desired of, of the sp- spring game. It's not like you, you saw this like, oh, my gosh, I'm... I'm all of a sudden on board for us to win eight games. I'm I, I love where this is headed with with Matt Wells and David Yost and Keith Patterson. Like I'm all on board. It was a lot of like I hope this looks better in the fall. Right, <laughs> right. There was it, it was uh welcome to see some a little bit more pressure put on the offense by the defense as far as running some more blitz packages or just not more, just some, just any, <laughs> a lot. Yeah. Uh, kind of dictating the pace and, and, uh, y- you know, trying to force the offense into making some mistakes. That was a broad change. I saw a couple of kind of micro changes. I saw were just the size of some of these guys, uh, like Thompson coming in. He, mm-hmm. he had the, some, the first team reps on tight end. He seems a lot beefier. He seems like he's put on some weight. Beefy. Yeah, which is good. I mean, that's that's what you need, especially if, if you're going to be out there almost every – well, at least someone – In that position. Someone in that position is going to be there every snap practically. Because we saw a lot of Tyler Carr too. He's a big yeah. dude. Yes. Um, still trying and, to figure and, out if he's got the hands to play a, a receiving tight end or if he's going to be just a sixth lineman or a H-back. But he was out – he actually had a couple of targets – Balls thrown his way. I don't think he completed a, a catch. I'm not to sure. If, and watch, but he, he was targeted a couple of times, so they're still trying to work on him as a receiver. Simon Gonzalez too, who's he a played, true freshman, but he looked like like I, I agree with with what Seth said in his um, spring game wrap up. He looks more like a, just a, a big receiver. Yeah. Well, and what what was interesting too, and I'm going to start talking beyond what I know really quickly. But oh, here we go. The the tight ends were lighting lining up. Not just in the tight end, tight end position. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I don't remember. I think sometimes you'd see that with Kingsbury, but not a whole lot. They weren't lining up then the slot or anything that much, or uh, somewhere in an inside receiver position. But I saw that quite a bit. I mean, I saw it a lot actually um, during the spring scrimmage. My memory of seeing Dante Thompson and that group lineup this past season I think I saw them either in the backfield as, as an H-back so like right off the line of scrimmage or right behind like the guard and tackle or maybe trips or something and then I swear I saw there him. were some that were they lined up on the line like Dante Thompson was on the line I don't remember seeing him split out I think he spent more time either on the line or behind the line yeah they did out as a receiver whereas I think this time this past weekend the spring game whoever was playing tight end was all over. Yeah, they were all over the place. Yeah. A, a much more versatile position. Um, and it, I, I even think Thompson got a carry. Or is that Sir Roger Thompson? I don't remember. It was a Thompson, and I, I looked up, and I missed the play. And was, I'm hoping it was Sir Roderick. That would make a lot more sense. Working on the, okay. Um, you still have Travis Kuntz coming in yeah. uh, here over the summer. Here pretty soon, six five two fifty, uh, tight end from Ventura, California, JUCO guy. I imagine he'll be uh, up up there in the top two, probably I, before the season starts. Yeah, I, I would assume he and, and and Thompson probably have a, a pretty solid rotation. Yeah, Gonzalez may come in. Carr may be a a big dude close to the goal line. 
I don't, I don't, I'm not sure how that will work out. We'll have to see how that kind of fleshes itself out as the season goes along. But other news of the day, McLean Carter announced he's transferring. Yeah, just announced it this evening. So, congrats. Hats off to the kid, man. I mean, that's, gosh, what an unfortunate series of <laughs> events. Series events. <laughs> yeah, I mean, really, I, well, I wasn't trying to make a Lemony Snicket joke or anything. <laughs> But truly, just to transfer here and you get hurt the first first game of the year on, what, the third drive? Was it the third drive? If that. It may have been the second. It may have been the second. You know, obviously never fully recovered. Had to have surgery in the offseason. Don't think he participated much in the spring. Yeah. I don't think he played in the spring game. The, no, I don't even know if he was there. No, he was there. He was there. Because the, the quarterbacks we saw. Um, we saw Griffin. Bowman is your starter. Yeah. Jet Duffy played a lot of, as your backup. Yep. Um, did see Xavier Martin. Did see a little bit of Griffin. We did see a lot of Bowman there at the end of the first half. I, I think, I don't know if they were doing this like with the point I'm trying to make, but like it looked like the defense had a huge lead on the offense going into the halftime, halftime, the end of the scrimmage before they go into individual drills which i get i, I did not watch well no it was really strange because like they had to take commercial breaks in the middle of it and they came back and like they changed like oh by the way what you missed was this and can't really describe it to you because i can't show it to you um but like there at the end before at the end of the live scrimmage it was like your first team offense led by alan bowman versus like your third team slash walk-on defense. Oh, no. And that's where you – like, your last two drives where you scored all your points to, to catch up and take the lead. And then they had that, like, two-point play, but they had the offense, like, go in front of the defense right there at the end. Yeah, you were basically playing against your – not your starting defense. But um, McLean, start, McLean Carter is transferring. Would assume it's a grad transfer. I think, I think he's only got one season of eligibility left. This would mark his third transfer. So – would assume that's his last. Yeah. Um, based on the, the timeline of only having five years, three transfers in five years. Is about as mu- I think as much as you can do without getting a hardship. Um, and then this past week, the new media deal was announced. And I don't have, I didn't spend a lot of time on that because I was running around all, like crazy. With ESPN buying up third tier rights for basically everybody in the conference except for Texas and OU. They will retain yeah. their own third tier rights with the Longhorn Network and then the deal that Oklahoma has with Fox, I believe. Well, and even, you know, like uh, I think Tech must have a deal through Texas Tech TV with Fox for an, another year or two because I don't think they're going to take – I think they were the second group of schools that's going to hop on to the third tier rights on the and ESPN Plus platform 2020 or 2021 right so it's not this upcoming it's, season it's either next or the year yeah after. It, it's it's relatively soon it's not you know years down the road but it it's not immediately you're not going to see uh any football games or anything on espn plus this fall yeah so another platform that you'll probably have to subscribe to i don't i don't know much about espn plus um, I know it's pretty cheap right now. It's either six ninety nine or seven ninety nine a month, and I think a lot of people like it for kind of some obscure sports, or if you're really into soccer or um, 
or you can just view all their content. I think you can see a lot of the 30 for 30 stuff and UFC. Yeah. I mean, I, I, they just keep adding to it and this seems to be the plan all along. So it's, I guess it's good. So it's, it's four ninety nine a month or fifty dollars for the year. Okay, okay, so it's cheaper than I thought it was. But you know, it's not going to be four ninety nine a month once tech's on it. And I'm not saying that tech's going to bring the money. That's not what I mean. It's just if they're ramping up that much programming, they're going to have to charge more. Or you're going to be looking at seven eight bucks a month. So the things that they are touting, ESPN Plus has live sports covered, NHL. Serie A, which I think is the Italian soccer league, college football, that may be like lower tier conferences, top rank. I don't even know what that is. I don't know what it is either. MLB baseball, the Australian Open, college basketball, Wimbledon tennis, uh, EFL. Oh, what is that? Is that the European Football League? I think. Sounds right. NBA G League. World Rugby, UFC, the U.S. Open, MLS Soccer, the Emirates FA Cup, and the Carabao Cup, or Saru, I don't know. And and it went on to say, um, you know, eight of the ten schools in the Big 12, which of course the two are the ones you have mentioned already, OU and UT, eight of the ten schools will provide more than 50 exclusive events per year, including at least one football game, any spring football game and any basketball game that is not on an ESPN linear network. So that means. So does that mean all of your ESPN U games will now be on ESPN plus basically? Cause that was basically all your games until like maybe like a third of the way through conference. It felt like yeah, there, even some of your conference games are like, there were a couple of random conference games that were on ESPN U or ESPN news. Why? Well, so I I know when it was on the it was on ESPN News. It was like because the game before it was delayed. That was, was the the Kansas game. They did that. I remember. Yeah, cause we were watching the end of a blowout. I was like, why aren't we moving over? I hate when they do that. It's like they have to like I don't know if they're contractually obligated. Like they I have imagine. to finish a game. It's like this, it's a thirty-five point basketball game. But yeah. we're, we're gonna we're gonna delay the start of a top ten Big Twelve conference game so we can watch the end of this game. Well, I would be a little hacked off if they cut away from us beating the absolute dog out of Kansas, That's even true. 30 seconds early. So I, I can kind of come at you on that other side of it. Like, nope, nope. I wanted to enjoy every second of this till the last buzzer. Hopefully hear a little bit of the uh, the Matador song <laughs> and then call it a day. Call it a day. So that's what we had to look forward to. Um I would say go ahead and start your 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 subscription here pretty soon for the prices to go up, but I'm sure they'll just raise they'll your just, subscription they, prices anyway. Yeah, I mean if I guess I guess the thing you could you could start right before the football season starts and get it at 49 before they yeah raise that that would be the one smart thing to do is if if you can lock in the yearly rate and just get it because you just know they're going to raise it. They raise stuff all the time, and you have no choice but to just pay it. Yeah, that's just what it's going to be that you get an email so, saying we're going to raise our price a dollar you're like oh yeah yeah you can cancel if you want which which is nice i mean it's it's unlike cable where we're going to raise our prices 450 this month even though we raised them 450 six months ago where you know canceling is a big hassle but you know with this type of thing you can just all this a la carte stuff that you're getting that's adding up as much as cable 
you can just cancel them yeah, I, left I was, and right. I was going to ask you what that spreadsheet's going to look like. You know, that another oh service you have to add on. Because you, you're doing Hulu, Netflix. I've got Hulu, Netflix, and Amazon Prime. Probably ESPN Plus. Yeah, at least for whenever I have to. Whenever there's a football game on it, I may just I may just deal with it you, when there's you no. Make me find a friend who has a subscription. Like, hey man, let's, yeah. let's watch the game at your house. Yeah, yeah. I'm bringing the queso. I'm going to go to Caprock <laughs> for uh, you know the Big Twelve game against. And hope that they've got TCU it. or whoever whoever randomly gets the short stick. So the ESPN Plus platform though will be available on basically every device out there. Uh, yeah, Fire TV, Android iPhone, iPad, Apple TV, Chromecast, Oculus Go, which is, I think, the um, that VR, VR headsets. Yeah, PlayStation 4, Roku players and TVs, Samsung Smart TVs, and Xbox One. So there is your ESPN Plus pitch for the day. <laughs> <laughs> if you could call it that. Alrighty. More um, of a reluctant report. Yeah. I think we're no. I, we we are going to separate the questions into a, a separate mailbag section. I do think we'll still finish out with a going yard and what we learned. Okay. Before we close out this, if you are interested in hearing your questions answered, uh, tune back in. I I don't know if we'll release at the same time or the next Thursday. I don't know. We used to release a day later. We don't have to. We had a ton of questions, guys. So we did. Super um, excited about that. Yeah, we're we're gonna dive into those, and we want to devote as much time as we need to to them. Yep. But before we get to that, we've got going yard. Um, okay. I I don't know if I've mentioned this before, but I've got some bad news. I do, have a. You got a fungus. No, not a fungus. I've got a a noxious weed infestation. It was hiding. I found it. I've identified it. Done my research. Gone to those extension websites like the AgriLife Extension, Texas A&M, Tennessee, all this kind of stuff to figure out how best to to attack it. It's one of those ones that like like there are basically three methods. You can either put Roundup down and just kill everything in that spot. And then just reseed because with fescue, you, you, it won't fill back in. You have to reseed. Um, you can dig it out. Or you can apply this one very specific selective herbicide that still may or may not work. And it's expensive. I'm going with that third route. Yeah, me too. <laughs> Throw money at the problem. That's that's I, my solution. Because I don't I don't want to dig up grass. I don't want to try to fill this because it's it's not just in one spot either. I have to like track it all over the yard. I think it started in one spot and it was it's spread by mowing. And supposedly some of these weeds should be a little more vulnerable when you mow them right. Like you don't let them just grow uncontrolled. Hmm. So me mowing twice a week should help with that. And I'm also going to be applying. So what I'm talking about, I've got some Dallas grass. And if you haven't seen it, it's a, it's a grass that grows, it's clumping grass that grows out in a circle and it lays down pretty flat. And because it grows down flat in a tall grass like fescue, um, it's really hard to pull because you can't get to the weed. Like you have to dig through your fescue to get to it. Now with Bermuda, it basically sits right on top of you. You can pull that up and Bermuda would, would fill in. So 
With Bermuda, it's not really a problem. Fescue, though. Bermuda is the king of all grasses. No, it's not. It's trash. <laughs> it's basically a weed itself. <laughs> um, it repairs itself. It's the Wolverine of grasses. Yeah. So, I, I've ordered the the herbicide. It's called Ornamec. Gordon's Ornamec. Are you on some sort of watch list with all this stuff you order? Probably. Like, what does this do? Like making homemade bombs or something? Yeah. Probably. Yeah. That, <laughs> think about that. <laughs> No, because the active ingredient is fluazifop p butyl. He said that off the top of his head, folks. He's not looking at notes. I'm telling you, man. I, I've done the research on this, and it's a stupid, stupid thing. And here's the thing: I'm I'm most concerned about like following the instructions to the T and it not killing this grass. I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing, or I don't know what to do about it besides dig it out. I don't want to dig it out. No. Well, that's okay. Well, the worst the worst scenario is you kill this grass but the other two options are to kill this grass so if if you if you end up killing it anyway then okay that's very inconvenient and it didn't go the way you wanted it to but that may be the only solution anyway well so this this chemical isn't supposed to hurt the fescue it could make it vulnerable it could weaken it and like slow the growth a little bit but my concern is like if it doesn't do anything to the Dallas grass, then I'm like, well, I spent all this money on it. I've spent this time working. I I could have just dug it out and just, or just sprayed Roundup on it and just moved on. <laughs> so, other than that, like so, other problem is it grows much faster than fescue. So, like, I mowed last night. Yes, I mowed last night. I'm already seeing it sticking up. Like above the grass. Oh, that's I'm crazy. Mowing. And your grass is tall. Yeah. So I, I'm mowing at the top setting of the mower. So it's it, I'm cutting at four inches. Like I'm not seeing any seed heads on this thing, which is really how it spreads. Well, then mowing really. So yeah. Helping and hurting it at the same time. Do you bag? Nope. Would bagging help you think? No, because I'm not, I'm not distributing seeds. Well, yeah, because there's not any yet. I'm just I'm injuring it and telling it to grow out, telling it to know its role. Yeah, so that should be coming in here pretty soon. So I'll I'll get on that. Um, also had a neighbor, and I oh I almost yelled at him tonight. He was he doesn't have a yard. He's got like rock in his front yard, and I don't know where this came from. But dude was raking out tumbleweeds out of his yard today, just into the street. Oh my god. And just left him there. And we're a couple houses down from him, like downwind from today. So like he raked him out basically in front of his, his driveway. Oh, I would have been furious. Well, here's the thing, like like his entire raking of don't we basically stopped in front of my house. It's like they, that looks like I did this. <laughs> no, you're being blamed for it. But dude was out there doing when I got home and I was like I was like looking at him while he did it. And I don't think he made eye contact with him. He was like, dude, what are you doing? What is you doing? If only, well, okay. I'll tell you what, if you need to borrow my truck, just just put him back in his yard. You could, you can just, we'll, we'll go take care of that tonight. When we're done recording, we'll just load them all up. We'll back into his yard and we'll just push him right back out. Cause okay. Yesterday before I mowed, I had, I had some, a few tumbleweeds kind of piled up on the, on my side yards against my fence yeah so what i did what i've always done i've thrown them over into my backyard i've finished mowing the area and then when i moved into the backyard i took all that stuff and put it in the alley yeah 
not that much better of a solution than putting out in the street, but it's not like, I mean, it's the equivalent of some of that mow their yard and then blow the clippings out in the street. Like that's somehow supposed to do something. Yeah. Like, no, it's just gonna one. You, you want those clippings actually in your yard. If you do it properly, like you spread them out, they won't be massive clumps and won't look stupid. Like you shouldn't see the, your grass clipping. When you blow them back into your yard, you shouldn't see the clippings. And one, it, and then the other thing is it should, it's going to help your yard. But like dude was the equivalent of blowing his clippings in the yard was raking the tumbleweeds out into the street. And like, like it's one of the things I saw. It was like, is he doing, I think he's doing it. Like the more I thought about, it, I was like that douchebag, <laughs> that guy. He is. I want to go like, he's doing that. I want to go yell at this dude. I didn't know people did that. He's actually, yeah. So like there were some that were like caught up under, under the Durango. No, I brought it back to life last night. I somehow got it to start. It hadn't started for like a week. I was like, Oh man, it's the battery. And then it wouldn't, it wouldn't start on a jump. I was like, Oh great. It's a fuel pump. I, I got in there last night. I had somebody to turn it on. I was like, no, nope, the fuel pump's priming. So it's something else. And I was like, let's try this. I like mash on the gas pedal. And like, it was like, <laughs> and like really rough start, but like it evened out. I was like, Oh, it's running again. Anyways, not, not that we need to add another segment, but like, Mechanic corner here, shade tree, on, shade tree mechanic corner. Working on the the Durango. Um, Google research tells me I've got some leaking fuel injectors. That they're leaking into the head, not out of the head. So that's, that's one thing. It's not making that mess. But Google research told me I had colon cancer a few weeks ago. So yeah, I'm not sure. You had the poops. <laughs> um. <laughs> anyways, so. Oh, I do have. I have a going yard update. Oh, it's more of a confession. Have you mowed yet? I haven't. I haven't. I haven't shared this with you. I I've, I feel almost embarrassed to share it with oh, you. Oh, here we go. I'm excited about this now. I have hired a lawn service. No. How dare you? I will not be mowing my lawn. Why? This season. No. I don't have. I'm so disappointed. I don't have the time. To do it. I'm heartbroken. I know. I know you are. I knew it would affect you greatly. I, I really thought about telling you that offline. Are they coming once or twice a week? <sighs> They're coming once a week, aren't they? <laughs> okay, he, he, here's the I thing. Talked, here's the thing. <laughs> possibly every other week. What? <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sorry. And the next I'm, thing I'm, I was I'm, heave, you, I'm heave laughing into this microphone. One but. of the next things I was going to tell you is like, at least make sure that they cut it short. But like, if you're cutting every other week, <clears throat> cutting it. Sh- That's okay. what I was doing anyway. <laughs> well, like if you cut it short and let it grow for two weeks, then cut it short. Like you're you're not doing yourself anything. You're only supposed to cut off a third of the leaf. Well, we'll see what they do. <laughs> for but, the first time in my life, I've done that. I'm, this is, I've I never I've you. never not mowed my lawn. I've I feel I'm, I'm so conflicted about it. I'm so ashamed. I don't blame you. I'm like almost like about to offer to come over to mow it for you. No, that's ridiculous. Like I'll, I'll use your equipment. You, you you have to keep the gas. Filled. I have good equipment. It's solid. Well, one because Bermuda is such an invasive species. Oh yeah, I like, take over your yard. Like the clippings on the deck of my mower going back into my yard would like start seeding. Yeah. No, no you I don't want to. You do would that. hate me. You would. You would hate me anyway. Yeah. So I'm I'm not gonna do that. So so there's I'm, that. I'm, I'm, like really close to offering to come over and mow it for you. No, no, you're good. And mow it twice a week and show you what, what a beautiful yard you could have if you just mowed twice a week. And, and you know who I got? I think I've talked to him 
to, I think I've talked about them on this podcast before. I'm not going to say their name, just, you know. Because they're not a sponsor. And I would <laughs> never allow that. Yeah, as if they know that this random guy they just signed on hosts the podcast Gosh, or so co-host. But there's a, my neighbors across the street, I would come home from lunch and oh, that group that would like run their house in like 20 minutes, be, be in and out in 20 minutes. And I'd watch them as I was eating my lunch and just think, gosh, that's crazy. That's incredible. So I, no. I approached my neighbors across the street and asked, who do y'all use? And they, they gave me their info. And so I, I got in touch with them and so, so it started, it's starting soon. I think they're going to mow for the first time on, I think this Monday. Cause I, I was going to make a comment about you, your side yard here starting to collect some extra dust. Some dirt. I know. It's like spilling out onto the sidewalk. There's now. nothing I can do about it. Well, I ran the sprinklers um, today. Maybe, maybe so that's wash what. some of it out. That's, yeah. Every time you run the sprinklers, it starts kind of, it's kind of like runs its mascara. Well, that's what you need to do. Just, just flood your yard. Get all the. <laughs> yeah, just flood my yard. <laughs> get all the mud out. Um, so anyway, I hesitated to tell you that. It's much less while we were recording, but I had to. I'm I'm feeling the heartbreak of Monday, April 8th all over again. It's a very similar feeling for you, I imagine. I can't believe it. I, I didn't mean to. I didn't mean to pull the rug out from under you. Oh dear. Um. So yeah. So what we learned. I'll I'll go back to the Durango thing real quick. One learned that like diagnosing car problems on the internet is like looking up your health sy- symptoms online. Also, the um, repair estimate for changing out fuel injectors, which like the parts are not like super cheap because I mean, you have one per cylinder and on a V8, you have got to replace eight of them. These run that, that math checks 45 to $70 a piece. Ooh. And they, they want you to replace them as a set, which makes sense. Yeah. So parts alone. Ooh, I, I can't do that math real quick. 560 bucks possibly. Yeah. Um, an additional several hundred dollars, like, sorry. This is like one of the only jobs where parts will outweigh the labor because with the way this engine sit, like most engines sit, like the, the fuel rails and the fuel injectors are right on top. You got to pop them off, pop the new fuel injectors in. I think the, the estimate was like a thousand dollar repair with like labor being like, 150 bucks where it's usually like you will spend like maybe a hundred, 150 dollars on parts and like $800 on, on labor. Is 150 bucks, maybe one mechanic hour or one and a half or it's, yeah, I'm sure it's like an hour and a half of labor. maybe. Yeah. Cause like with their knowledge and part and, and their skills and tools, I'm sure they're able to get to a lot faster than I would be able to do it. Sure. Yeah. It'd take me a lot of YouTube videos. Yeah. To get to that point. Cause so for, for my engine, you have to take off the, the air intake, which is, a couple of screws really you so, have to unscrew so from the couple the, hours yeah probably <laughs> <laughs> unscrew where the the air intake goes into the, the the intake manifold and then basically from there you just got to pop off the, the the fuel rail so it's a couple of bolts but like it's one of those things like i don't know if i want to take it to a shop and yeah. pay somebody 800 to a thousand dollars to do it or like See if I can putz around long enough and do it myself. But it's it's one of those things like it's fuel related. And I was like, I don't know if I want to mess with that. And they also re- also recommend changing out the fuel filter when you do it, which is in your fuel tank. It's like, oh, oh gosh, 
which is where I initially was like, well, if it's a fuel pump, which is also in your fuel tank, you're like, you have to get the car lifted. They have to drop your fuel tank because the fuel pump is on top of your fuel tank. Yeah. You have to take it all. Anyways, you got to pull it out from yeah. underneath. Yeah. In so, one piece. And if it's a fuel pump, you have to get your car towed to the shop because the fuel, fuel pump is not working. It's not providing fuel to the engine. So what we learned is car repairs are stupid and expensive. And I maybe like I've, I've avoided driving this or like even approaching fixing this for I think two weeks now because I just don't want to spend the money. So you just, you just, it's just sitting in the front. We've essentially gone back to one car again and dealing with the hassle of arranging schedules where Samantha's dropping Grace and I off at T-ball and she runs into the store or runs and does errands while we're, it's just a mess. What's, what's been the, uh, the common denominator of these last two vehicle purchases? Um, they were red. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. They were Dodges. Yeah. That's not the problem at all. <laughs> there, could, there could be something to that. No, not at all. Okay, okay. Uh, the thing I learned was that Zaire Smith almost died. Where have you been? This was well, not like news. I, I know it's not news. I mean, it, it is news, but it's not. I knew that he had severe allergic reactions. I knew he was in the hospital, uh, you know, over the fall. I, I knew all that stuff had happened, but a recent article by Alex Schultz with GQ of, of all magazines um, shed a lot of light on the subject and really went into how dire it was for him. Um, he was on a morphine drip to help with pain. He was hooked up to feeding tubes. He was, you know, speaking of tubes, there was another article by Max Olson talking about uh Bowman getting his tubes taken out of his lung. and Well, it's not in his lung, but in his chest. In his chest, in his chest cavity, between sorry. His, between his ribs. Right, and when those tubes came out, uh, he talked about it being some of the most excruciating pain he's ever been in, and then Zaire Smith said the same exact thing about the feeding tubes coming out. And those two, I mean, some Red Raiders have had some hell with some tubes and it scares the some crap tubes. out of me ever having having to go through that uh, for any reason but well one you're unlikely to suffer a deflated lung true unless you get shot or some kind of other penetrating trauma to your chest and hopefully I'll never have a hole in my esophagus from an allergic reaction which is what which that's nuts like how would that Zaire Smith yeah uh, went through and just you know he was able to uh, I think he had 17 points in one of the final regular season games with the was, Sixers. It was the very last one before the playoffs started. He's he's just really I didn't realize what all he went through. I knew it was bad, obviously, because if he's not playing then or if he wasn't able to play, then Yeah, he must have been bad. He must have been sick. But I just I just pictured someone who was sick and weak. I didn't picture someone who had machines feeding him and was in the hospital for I forgot how long and just was unable to eat solid foods and lost 40 pounds and all this other stuff. I did not well, yeah, picture that. When you hear allergic reaction, you think of, like, okay, so he got an EpiPen. Right. He was, like he was having a hard time breathing for a few seconds, got an EpiPen. I was like, oh, okay, I'm better. Yeah. And then somehow that knocked down his immune system. And so he's, he's got to take it easy. You, you know, <laughs> yeah. you just think of these. That's not it at all. No, 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 no. Couldn't be more further from the truth. So if, if y'all want a little bit more insight onto what Zyre Smith actually went through, uh, go to GQ.com, 
uh, look up that article and you will be, uh, I don't know, you'll have some light shed on something and, and it'll, you'll, it'll make you grateful for your health. All right, man. I think that'll do it for us on this episode of the 23 Personal Podcast. Thanks everybody for listening. Be sure to come back for the mailbag edition later on this week. 